Hello, citizens of comedy film nerd land. <laughs> the reason I fumbled over that, I've never said it before. It doesn't make any sense. I was trying to say it like it's a thing we always say. Yep. Hey, citizens of comedy film nerd land. That's <laughs> nah, too clunky. It's episode 370. It's pretty it is. exciting. It's halfway to 740. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're nearly there. We're nearly to 740. <laughs> oh, we're, we're getting there. We're a third of the way to... Something. Something. <laughs> Third away to, 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 to math, ten or something. Mm-hmm. We're a third of the way to math. <laughs> We're a third away to ten, eleven hundred. Sure. Nah, it's not. <laughs> I did it wrong. So, uh, uh, Aaron, why don't you uh, get the answer for me? Three seventy <laughs> times three, and uh, while it's we eleven ten, it's eleven ten. There you go. Third of the way to eleven ten. Third of the way to eleven ten, guys. Mm-hmm. We are here in beautiful ATC Studios mm-hmm. um, with Brenton doing uh, social media. So when you see those like 60 second clips on the comedy film nerds Instagram, it's not a robot. It's not, Somebody's actually it's doing a guy it. doing it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's the one doing it here. They're doing a, doing a fantastic job. Yeah. I also want to thank he does the social media over. We we were doing um, the ATC show stand up show AT, ATC presents at the Comedy Store last week, which was awesome. Bill Burr was on the show. Bert Kreischer, Christina Pazinski, Jackie Cation, Bobby Lee, Alonzo Bowden. My first time back in the store in 15 years, which wow. was awesome. And my first time ever performing in the main room, which was sold out. It was mm-hmm. awesome. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see. And the comedy store has become like the spot. Yeah. This outdoor patio bar. And it's like. Three uh, rooms at once that are just packed every night, it seems like. Every night. Everything's yeah, going. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, All right. It's, it's, it sounds like it's gone through like a resurgence. For sure. Yeah. They've really. They've really, who, Jackie, you said to me, well, you know, when Mark Marin started coming back here seven years ago, he made it cool again. Mm. Or something that's what Jackie's theory was. So, well, we got a lot of movies we're going to talk yes, about. We're going to we do, do King Arthur, Slight, Chasing the Lotus, The Red Turtle, some great trailers we're going to be talking about, War of the Planet of the Apes, and uh, Wonder Woman. But uh, first, we have an announcement to make about uh, earbuds and Kickstarter. This is very exciting. The rewards have all gone all out. All gone out. Oh, they have all gone out. We shipped out our last batch. Uh, or Aaron shipped out our last batch uh, last week. So, <laughs> and uh, so if you don't get something within the next week or two and you're still uh, missing a reward, email us at info at comedyfilmnerds.com and we'll uh, give us your Kickstarter info and we will hook you up. Occasionally we get that stray email that says, uh, I didn't know it was finished. Uh, how do I get my download? So, uh, Where have you yeah, been the yeah, last... last 18 months? <laughs> it's, what have you been doing? <laughs> So uh, if that's the case, don't worry. We'll, we'll hook you up. And thank you guys for your patience. I know yes. it took a while, but we got it all done. So um, Cost overruns, time overruns, everything that could have happened with an independent documentary did happen tenfold. Yeah. So, but we got it done. And part of it was the, the, the Patreon extra money now. That's helping like some of our financial costs and everything. So you're really – everyone who's, so, who's backing the Patreon, you're helping the show in a, in a multitude of ways. Yeah. So if you backed Patreon, you helped Kickstarter. So, <laughs> so that's, can Patreon uh, and Kickstarter yeah. occupy the same space? Yeah, is it like know. matter, antimatter? Is it's it like using using Peter's money to pay Paul? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that's 
what we're doing. So uh, that's, but yeah, the, the Patreon has been in- instrumental in helping us get um, the Kickstarter rewards out, and now they are done. So like I said, uh, email us if you still haven't gotten anything. But give it another week or two. They just went out mm-hmm. the last batch. So it's very exciting. It's, and we uh, shipped them all on pack mules. So I'm yes. hoping that should be clickety split. It was a little more yeah, expensive, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was real cheap. It was real cheap. <laughs> you know, we wanted to send that last batch out in style. Yeah. So look for the pack mule coming down your street, and hopefully there'll be a, a lovely box that Aaron uh, put together. With his lovingly. Name. Lovingly. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's introduce our guest. Let's first introduce time our guest. first time guest. First time. Uh, I've known you for a long time. I've known Real your long time. family, your brothers. Yeah. I started doing stand up with your brother, Bob Gillespie. Yep. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, Steve Gillespie. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Excited to be here. Uh, so you. Um, you have an album coming out. You have an album. Just came out. Just dropped mm-hmm. on Friday. Released uh, this past Friday. And it went number one on iTunes. I was number one on iTunes oh, awesome. on Saturday and some of Sunday. Cool. It's dropped off since, but it's pretty cool that I got it all the way up there. Well, maybe exciting. Comedy Film Nerds fans can get it back up to number one. Yeah. yeah, that would be really nice. It's called Live on State. It's done with uh, stand-up records out of Minneapolis. Oh, right. Yeah. Where'd you record it? Madison. Oh, Comedy that club. On Comedy on State's a great oh, club. Yeah, it's, it was fantastic. That's a fan. How many great. shows did you do to get the album? Did you record several? Uh, or? Yeah, I think I did about five. I mean, I think I used maybe three sets. I, I pieced together like three sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. How long did it take you to make it? Uh, let's see. We recorded it right at the end of the year, and it came out, yeah, five months. Nice. Yeah, that's not, not a bad, bad turnaround. Not too bad. That's not a bad turnaround bad. at all, man. That's not like yeah, a documentary yeah. film. That's a lot quicker. How long did it take yeah. you guys? <laughs> Three five years. years. <laughs> five? Yeah, Chris it, is, it felt like so five. Chris yeah. just added yeah. two years it just, to it. It really felt like five. Well, if you think about it, we shot the the Kickstarter promo at the 2013 Podfest. We mm-hmm. shot some interviews that we used for the promo. And some of those interviews actually made it into the final film. Right. And the movie. So we're, you know, technically four. Well, three really. We released it November of four of sixteen, so it was yeah. three years. Okay, it's three years. <laughs> wow, you say it that way, it doesn't sound as long. <laughs> it just well, three, three is <laughs> three is less than five. I mean, I, had, I, I think had, it was gonna take. <laughs> I mean, how long did you when you first months. made it? We're eighteen <laughs> months. We literally really twenty four months at the top. Yeah, we had a conversation. What could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like, and there wasn't any. This is the thing with independent film. There wasn't like some One thing. There wasn't some catastrophe like. The edit bay caught on fire or sure, something like that. Sure, lost all this footage. It's just a lengthy process. A slow thing of like, all right, well, the editing's taking longer. There's some tech issues, mm-hmm. and, and it costs things. more. I mean, it all. Yeah. You know, we raised 140 grand on Kickstarter, which was awesome, but that's not. It takes so much more to get a movie right yeah. done. So yeah. we've been funneling uh, the money from the company into to finish the film for the last probably year and a half. Yeah. Which is why I've been doing magic tricks at the Universal City Walk to have <laughs> little. Uh, Getting good with the rings. Good. With the rings yeah. is good. Selling I do the rings. Tie dyes on Venice Beach. Yeah, it's been great. I have a parrot on my shoulder <laughs> right now, as a matter of fact. Army yes. um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pirate themed thing. Yes. Uh, well, awesome. So, t- the name of the album against Steve? Alive on State. Live on, Live on State. Alive on State. Well, let's Alive uh, on State. let's let the guests go first uh, today. 
for you, movie yes. reviews. You saw yeah. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Now, cause, so Ooh. we didn't have to. So first, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, Steve was such an eager new guest. He was like texting, like, what should I see? And I was like, well, let's unload this bag of yeah. shit on him. Because <laughs> I saw that on the sheet. I'm like, there's no, I don't think Graham went to see that. There's unless no for way some, I saw this. Unless for some re- weird reason, Lindsay really wanted to see it. I don't think no, he really wanted to see it. No, so, And uh, I actually, because I didn't, I wanted to come into the film with just a clear mind, you know, just like, I didn't want any, I didn't look, I didn't do any research about it. Oh, that's I, good. I was a fan of Guy Ritchie. I loved Rock and Roll. I love Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I love Snatch. Uh, I loved the original animated series, the um, Sword in the Stone or the King Arthur oh, animated wow. series okay. way back when. I remember growing up and, and mm-hmm. really liking that. So I was kind of excited about the film, to be honest, and not, mm-hmm. and not knowing, you know, how it was being reviewed and how, you know, and that no one was going to see it. Um, <laughs> so when I got in, I was kind of excited. I, I was excited because I thought Guy Ritchie could bring, you know, His that master dialogue that mm-hmm. he has in those other films, you know, like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. The dialogue is just off the charts. Right. It's so cool. And I was kind of like, oh, wow, bring that to this. That would be, that would be pretty neat. And none of that. Re- there's none of that in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all action. So he brought his Sherlock dialogue yeah. to yeah. the... Because yeah, those are real rapid-fire dialogue, too. It's really, Yeah, well, it's the, the whole movie's rapid-fire. I mean, yeah. King <laughs> Arthur is like the same pace dialogue-wise as these other movies? Oh, I, didn't, I, get, I didn't misunderstood what you said. I no, just thought rapid-fire as far as like the storyline and how oh, fast okay. they right. moved everything through. Yeah, like, Snatch did that and Lockstock and Yeah, yeah, there was none of that. that. None of the yeah, rapid-fire cool dialogue. Could you even tell it was a Guy Ritchie film? Not really, to yeah. be honest. Not mm-hmm. really. No. I mean, it was cool looking. You know, like I saw it in 3D, which I think is if you're going to go do it, you might as well see it in 3D. Right. It is, it, it is cool, you know, Did visually. it have a dragon in it? No, there's the the best part of the movie. I think visually, visually wise, is the in the beginning uh, battle scene when Camelot is being um, first attacked, and it's his dad, uh, Arthur's dad, that's fighting him off or whatever. And uh, they have these giant elephants, oh. like that they're coming. They, the the uh, enemy army is coming with these. I mean, the right. biggest elephants you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're <laughs> Lord not of the real, Rings I don't elephants, think, but uh, <laughs> yeah, those kind, those like yeah, I'll quote elephants. Those uh, yeah, those giant ones. Yeah, and they're like knocking over bridges, uh-huh. running into the castle and knocking the walls down. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool, but the movie just moves so fast. You don't get any character development. You don't really mm-hmm. fall in love with any characters. And I was, I was bored. I was well, it's you know the source material, uh, King Arthur. You know, there's not much to go on. You know, there's really <laughs> it's not an yeah, interesting it's story. It's not an interesting story not or interesting like characters or hasn't been around for very long. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot you can do with it. So. Yeah, yeah. I was excited though. This is, you know, it reminds me of how I got into stand up, you know, being on the slums of Minneapolis and on a, just an on elfa- the streets on an raised by prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. Went to an open mic where you had to pull the microphone out of the stand and yeah. whoever could get the magical microphone out of the stand would be have a career in comedy. And I was the only one that night to pull it out of there. And I've been slaying comedy crowds ever since. <laughs> Alive on State, guys, in yeah. iTunes right now. <laughs> Steve Gillespie. Um, well, let me ask you this. So so Charlie uh, Hunnam was in it, which yep. I very much liked him in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah. I was excited about him, too. And so how was he? He's a beautiful, beautiful man. He's a, go- he's a gorgeous really, man. Did he, do, did he do a lot of mumbling in this movie? A little bit. A yeah. little bit of that, mm-hmm. yeah. But they the just never really gave him a chance to even be mm-hmm. a character. I mean, it's more mm-hmm. just him swinging a sword around and right. beating the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did read something cool about After him. After he though. gets out of the stone. 
Yeah, Effie. Yeah. yeah. Well, even before that, because he's right. like fighting the streets. He's just like oh, an orphan <laughs> that just like beats everybody up oh. in the streets and steals money. Okay. And uh, so really makes hangs you out in... with prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So already really invested in the character. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did read something really cool about, kind of funny about him. So he was like really light going into the auditions for this film because he mm-hmm. had lost a bunch of weight for mm-hmm. his his character in Sons of Ar- Anarchy and uh, Guy Ritchie was afraid that he was too small for the character and he wanted a big buff character and he kept like kind of bringing that up in the au- different auditions that they did and, and then I guess Charlie how do you say it? Hunan or Hunan? I can never pronounce it right. Hunan. Um, I guess he cornered Guy Ritchie and was like, listen, you know, I, you keep saying I'm too small for this role. Why don't you bring in the two other guys that you're thinking about for this role and, I, and we'll fight and whoever wins gets the part. <laughs> it's like, bring him in here. I'll be the show. And then Guy Ritchie was like, all right, you got you, you got the part. Yeah. yeah, You don't need to beat up the two guys who aren't going to get it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. Can you though? imagine if you yeah. were in a, in a casting session, you got in a fight, you lost, and you got a black eye and didn't get the part? Well, it was going to, it literally it was going to be Kit Harrington as Arthur and yeah. Joel uh, Kinnaman, Kinnaman as Lancelot, and but they were seemed too unknown and probably, you know. Yeah, not got tough their asses to beat up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kit Harrington, yeah. yeah, too unknown from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, so to, at the time, I guess maybe they thought he was. Uh, uh, it's an interesting yeah. thing. So, so Sons of Anarchy sounds like this was in production and development for a while. Yeah, hmm. so maybe they shot this a while ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe Charlie Hunnam was like thinks that being in a fake TV biker gang makes him as tough as. The a character. real, <laughs> a real, real biker real gang guy? Maybe it does. You don't know. Yeah. Maybe he also thinks he can uh, pilot robots and fight monsters. I think he could. <laughs> yeah, so the movie bombed. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's so weird. A lot, a lot yeah, like, when, when that trailer came out, I was just so surprised that no one went to see this movie. Oh yeah, yeah it 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 was it had a hundred seventy five million dollar budget. It's opening weekend though. It did fifteen million. Yeah, that's oof. not that's good. That's solid. Yeah, that's a know, solid yeah. profit. And Guy I guess Ritchie it, is uh, you know with Sherlock Holmes and Man from Uncle, he's getting further and further away from why we like Guy Ritchie. Yeah, and this uh, didn't help. No. And uh, his next project, Aladdin. Really? The really? live action Aladdin. The live action. action. Yeah. What's he oh what's going God. on? Who who is going at Disney's going, All right, we need a live action version of Aladdin. Get me the director of Snatch. Yeah, that makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, that's weird. It's really if you look at it it started with Sherlock Holmes in 09. He did that and two Sherlock two and eleven, a man from Uncle in fifteen. And prior to that, it was really cool movies. It was yeah, Rock and Roller was great. Yeah. 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 I mean I didn't see your revolver. I didn't see that either, but yeah. Snatch was great. Yeah. And well, I guess it's really bombed in China, too, which is what they were really pushing it in China. Right. Which I've been reading a lot about just to prepare myself for this, um, like how the film industry is really pandering to China now because they are buying, you know, they're buying Huge stuff. amounts of money and yeah. huge amounts of movie theaters in China. Yeah. Well, but it's have... weird. Why would you ever think King Arthur would work in China? I mean, it's like a very Western story. I don't know. I'm Maybe they're surprised. thinking just the spectacle and the epic of like any type of summer movie will do well, you know, yeah, overseas. Yeah. And it's not the case. They're so trying to crack into that market because whatever, there's like whatever, four or 5,000 screens in America and there's something like 20,000. I don't know the exact number, but there's yeah, something yeah. insane because mm-hmm. there's 1.5 billion people there. Right. Yeah. And they like going to movies. Right. And they've <laughs> had this in the last 10, 15 years, they've had a middle class that was basically created out of their economy. So they have the money to go to the movies. But, and, 
everyone's desperately trying to get in there, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they shot some of this in China. I'm sure there were some Chinese actors. There was. In it. There was a guy named George. His character's name was George, and he was the, the one Chinese guy in the right. film, and he was like the kung fu, the guy that like taught King Arthur how to fight. That was the Chinese uh, guy. Yeah. He taught, taught him yeah. kung fu. So like a, he taught King Arthur kung fu. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. It's weird that no one went to see this movie. <laughs> how did it just yeah. not do well? Yeah. They're just rewriting history, and it's <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, well, and then yeah. so get a movie into China. I've been reading. You have to get it approved by the government, like their censorship board. So there's like this whole thing where like, the United States film industry is really pandering to China, but also like right. censoring itself and changing storylines to fit, you know, what the Chinese would like and want to hear about themselves, which is really interesting when you think about. Now, it. did this movie did it follow any of the original story? Like, was there a Merlin? Was there, you know, was there anything else from the actual King Arthur? What's legend? a Merlin again? Yeah, <laughs> the wizard. <laughs> the wizard. Um, no, it was a, it was a, a woman. It was a, a witch. She had like a, like a, a mage. Morgan Le Fay. Uh, no, it was Astrid, Astrid Burgess Frisbee. Her name was. Yeah. So yeah, I think the answer is no. Nothing else was taken except the yeah, title. Yeah. From and it, King they had Arthur, a lot of like, like kind of trippy. Like she makes him um, to get him ready for his big battle at the end. She makes him hallucinate basically and like take a trip uh, where he's gonna see things he doesn't want to see, but he needs to see them. So what she tells him, and she has like a snake bite him, so he po- like poisons him so that he has like a hallucin, you know, hallucinates and. Uh-huh. That's the one part of the movie I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Tom Wu played, Snake bite trip. played George, uh, yeah. and he was in the movie Marco Polo, and uh, he was in Kick-Ass 2. Marco Polo was another sort of let's try to sell something in China movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this right. the, the, this trend well, Somebody's is, taking a write-down. It's... They, we've talked about this with Rick Myers before, uh, and and this trying to crack into the Chinese market. Any big blockbuster, yeah, will suddenly have an element of. Well, Iron Man had extra footage. Yeah, like one of the Iron Man movies. They actually shot extra footage just for the Chinese. Just release. for China. Yeah, I've heard of that. It'll have like a whole mm-hmm. other storyline just mm-hmm. for China. Yeah, they'll recut it. They'll have completely different trailers. They'll have, mm-hmm. and part of the 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 laws of the Chinese government, it has to be shot a certain amount in China, so they're forcing American companies to do some filming there mm-hmm. to infuse money into the economy. And so. it's, it's also, I, I think there's rules about how much of the cast needs to be Chinese, things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's similar to like Canadian productions. It's like, well, you want to shoot in Canada and get the tax breaks, you need to hire a certain amount of Canadian yeah. uh, talent. But it's even more so if you want to get distribution. Right. Like the, mm-hmm. the communist Chinese government picks. Well, they control everything. They control everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now, this next movie also is trying to break into China. Slight, you saw. <laughs> um, uh, Graham, tell us about this movie. Well, this. So, I was I was curious to see this film um, because it, it looked interesting. It has an interesting premise. Um, I'll read the the IMDb description to sort of tell you how it. What I saw in the trailer looks interesting. So it's sort of similar to the movie Dope, in terms okay. of. There, there's a kid with, uh, you know, he's trying to, he's in trouble with some like gangster drug dealer types, mm-hmm. and how does he get out of it? You know, how does he get out of this jam? And um, my dumb website isn't loading. Magic isn't it, tricks, right? Yeah, yeah. Like so a, he becomes like right. a street magician. So he does street magician. Mm-hmm. He, he, and and so um, so here's the thing: a young street magician is left to care for his little sister after their parents' passing, and turns to illegal activities to keep a roof over their heads. 
Then he gets in too deep, and how does he get out of it? Mm -hmm. So it sounded, and the trailer, I was like, oh, this is cool. And the trailer kind of, you know, is he just a really good magician? Does he have powers? Like, we don't know. The movie is really just, we were talking about it before the show, mm -hmm. it's like Dope Light. It's just, Dope is a really good movie, I think, mm -hmm. and I highly recommend people seeing that. That and is a great movie. This just missed it on a lot of levels. They're just mm -hmm. the, the the writing and the acting wasn't that wasn't as solid and it just it some didn't feel as believable uh in certain parts of it and it just kind of you know the 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 lead guy did a decent job. Um he the the director, uh this guy JD um JD Dillard, so he's directed um you know some TV shows uh you know some short films so this is his first ever his first ever feature film mm -hmm. and did it feel like a first time feature it did feel like a first yeah. time feature mm -hmm. uh and there were some okay moments to it there was you know he did uh the thing that was crazy was this is the the, the right it's his second feature film well he did yeah i guess he did judy goose, judy in, goose. in 2006 mm -hmm. so everything else but what i find interesting is that the rights to the film were purchased by wwe well that was the craziest thing i'm watching the opening credits and i see the wwe and then i see uh bloomhouse films which mm -hmm. does all the like a lot of low budget horror low budget horror and i was like huh What's this going to be? And I thought this was going to be this sort of... John Santa's going to be in here somewhere. Right. There's, <laughs> there's got to be a wrestler in here. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I... Yeah, it just kept missing the mark, and the pacing mm -hmm. was really slow, and there was some cool stuff at the end, but you sort of, without giving it away, a bunch of stuff is introduced, and you're like, okay, let's get into it. Let's yeah. do it. And then it takes a really long time to get there, and you're like, mm, you know... And and so I, I I don't know the um, Dule Hill <clears throat> plays the sort of uh, drug kingpin, so he was from the West Wing, and he plays a really interesting version of a gang guy. He's super smart. He's super articulate. He's yeah. he's very business. He's very calm businessman. But make no mistake, he's an evil dude. Mm. And so that was kind of that was kind of cool to see him because he always usually plays the kind of aw shucks type of guy you know yeah. so to see him play this I thought was cool um, you know it had a $250,000 budget so in that respect you know hats off to the first you know the second time right. director or whatever and mm -hmm. with having this this type taking that, that this, is not a big budget no that's not really a small really small budget to a scripted feature mm -hmm. so considering what he did with that little amount of money there are some cool things to it um it's not a breakout film like Dope was. Right. Uh, so you kind of watch it and you go, all right, let's see what... What he does next. What he does next, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and right. and where, where will this young cast, the young the, the lead on it, uh, Jacob Lattimore, where, where's he going to go? Yeah, how was so, he? He was decent. Like, yeah. the, Jake, so the lead, he, he does a good job of, of, of this kid in this dilemma. Mm -hmm. He's a highly intelligent... So they introduced the movie very quickly. He's like a science honor student you know, up for a scholarship, mother passes away, and here we are. He has to do street magic to survive, to, to take care of his sister. So that's introduced very quickly. And he does a good job of, like, um, trying to do the best thing. He's a smart, sharp kid. He's in this jam. And sort of the the rationalizations of these mistakes that he's making and how to get himself out of it and... 
Um, so he, I think, I think he could, you know, he has the potential to to do more. Um, the girlfriend uh, was okay, but like, it just there was just a lot of like wanting more for me that right. didn't didn't happen. So mm. um, we'll see. Okay. All right. So check it out. Uh, maybe uh, on demand or you know on DVD yeah, or on like an that. airplane. Something yeah, see like it on, that. Yeah. See it on an airplane. <laughs> see it on one of your uh, streaming services. <laughs> So you saw the Red Turtle. I did. I saw the Red Turtle, and this was a movie I've been wanting to see ever since uh, I saw it got nominated for an Academy Award. And it's a really interesting movie. It's one of those movies that uh, I remember when I was in college, whenever animation would come to town, like in Philadelphia, it would always only go to the art houses. And this is the type of movie, this is an art house movie, where the feel of the movie just feels like you would just go to one of those art houses where... You know, it's a tiny little theater that's run down. Yeah, it's always dark, so you can't see what's on the floor or on the chairs because you don't everything see is what's in, on there. <laughs> in horribly, vaguely know, smells vaguely, like weed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you would watch like the animation uh, movies that would come through, like you know the weird experimental stuff, and that's what really this gave me that feel at home, like I was in like an art house there yeah. watching an animated film. It's very French. It's it was a. Uh, co-production with Studio Ghibli in Japan but it really it doesn't feel like a uh, a Studio Ghibli film it really feels like a uh, a French film for sure it's the first time ever that Studio Ghibli did a non-Japanese they, they sure did yeah this is the one of their uh, it might be their only um, co-production yeah so it, it really had an interesting feel to it there's no dialogue in the entire film so it's very slow moving it's beautiful to look at and, and not a lot happens but everything that happens means something. It's, you know, animation is allegory throughout the entire thing. Like when people say, oh, animated movies are, are just, you know, that's, all, that's just for kids. This is the kind of movie that is not. And, in fact, my kids were completely bored by it. They, they is were, it like they Triplets of Belleville there. kind of feel? So, it, it did feel a little bit like that, yeah, yeah. With, but much slower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, because you have basically, uh, it starts, it's a castaway on an island. He, it. it He's alone. Mm-hmm. He tries to build a raft. Every time he builds a raft, a turtle breaks it, and then he has to go back to the island. So, and that's kind of the setup of the movie. But everything means something else. It it really means about man's connection to nature. Like it's interesting, even though it feels French, there are some like Japanese themes in there, like the way um, everything has a spirit and how we're connected to the animals and the you know the earth and the plants and the trees and everything. Um, these are some mild spoilers, but you can see these from the trailer too. Then the um, the the turtle is magical, turns into a woman. Then they kind of spend their you know their their time on the uh, on the island together. They uh, they have a kid, and what it really goes through is the themes of living with nature, um, living as a family. Um, getting what you need out of your life, and then also uh, moving on on certain parts of your life. So all of these all of these themes happen with no dialogue with a movie about, you know, a castaway and a red turtle. So the fact that this <laughs> these things were accomplished the- thematically yeah. with uh, what you're watching was was definitely really interesting and fun to watch. Um, the backgrounds were more detailed than the actual characters, which also made it, gave it a real, almost like ethereal look. Like the backgrounds had all this detail, like the forest and the, the waves and the, the trees, like, cause the characters actually were still expressive, but not as detailed. Uh, so it was like, like 
there were interesting artistic choices made on the mm. designs, which were that really was the, interesting. That was the aspect of it that made it look like a Studio Ghibli film for me. Just from mm -hmm. watching the trailer, I was like, oh, that looks the way they're... they're so, the Studio Ghibli, the layers and the details yes. and the depth mm -hmm. of, of the frame and everything makes you... You, that's what makes them stand out so much differently than just about any other animation right. that's out there. And I'm wondering, too, there were six animators from Studio Ghibli who worked in the film. I wonder if they all worked in background. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and it, it's the kind of movie, too, do I think sh it should have won um, Best Picture for animation? No, I still think uh, Kubo should have won. But it still it would deserve to be nominated and it deserves to be seen. Like I said, it was playing in L.A. in one theater. Like it was really difficult to find. Is it better than Zootopia? Which one? So it, they're very different. They're very different movies. Whereas Zootopia is a family film, everyone can kind of enjoy it. Mm -hmm. This one is real, just uh, a slow-paced um, animated poem for an allegory about life and nature. So How long is it? It's it's all it's less than ninety minutes. I think okay. it's like uh, Aaron. Can you look that up? I think it's it's like eighty some minutes. It's, it's something I, I would think I would be really interested in seeing. It seems like it like sounds like it's really trippy. It's very trippy, yeah. and, and it's it's one of those movies too. Actually, that eighty you, minutes. I just 80, 80, 80 minutes. And it's one of those movies too that you just kind of you're supposed to kind of drift in and out of it because it's like this fable and fairy tale and like just the way the way. Um, the backgrounds and the characters just kind of come together and just kind of flow. So it's 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 definitely worth a watch. It's it's worth now is now is the time to see it. It's available on demand. It's only a couple bucks. It's cheaper than the other uh, on demand movies okay. for, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's definitely worth your time. So check cool. it out, The Red Turtle. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so I saw this doc, Chasing the Lotus. Now, this doc was given to me by Frank Pulaski when I was in- Our YouTube editor? Our YouTube editor, who's mm -hmm. been- So all these guys, we've been starting to videotape the show every week now, and Frank is editing them and putting the credits and all that stuff. Um, so, so he's giving, he's typing in your Patreon names. Your Patreon names. So that's one of the things. At certain Patreon levels, you get your names in the credits. Right. So thank Frank for doing yep. that. Um, <laughs> And uh, one of the fine things you get for being a Patreon backer. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, when I was in uh, Maui last year, he gave me this doc, and I just uh, w literally, like, we were cleaning the house, and I was like, wait a minute, Chasing the Lotus? And Lindsay's like, yeah, Frank gave that to you. I was like, oh, shit, I haven't seen that yet. So I finally got around to watching it. So Lindsay really... had to remind you who gave you the gift? Yeah, yeah. it was in a stack. I'm sorry. <laughs> um I was trying to figure out who could possibly have given me the surf documentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of people who could have given me a surf documentary, quite honestly. Um, but mahalo, Frank, for chasing the lotus. It's funny that you said you you were cleaning your house. It's like it was like underneath something. Like you got the gift and you just like tossed it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like deep in your a, closet a and you're like cleaning it out. You're like, what no, the fuck is this? No, you two dicks. Uh, it was. <laughs> it was. It, we have a bunch of DVDs in our house, like mm -hmm. hundreds of them. Yes. So it was in that pile of DVDs. It mm -hmm. was next to a bunch of very excellent movies, yeah. like uh, <laughs> like Rising Sun, the um, the Sean Connery movie. No, not Rising Sun. The uh, oh god, no, I'm, I'm fucking this one up too. Empire of the Sun. No, it was the movie between uh, it was Takashi Mifune, Mifune and. Um, uh, oh shit, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Oh, God. <laughs> the Last Samurai. I'm just going to no, name Samurai just, movies. Just, yeah. 
<laughs> it's the one where he's in the West. He's a samurai in the West. I've talked about it on the show before. Gary Brightwell recommended it. Blazing Saddles. It. Yeah, that's it. Chris. So now we're just going to be assholes. Yeah, Maud. Yeah. Um, working nine to five, right? Where uh, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire? Hello, is it a katana? <laughs> Yeah, so I'd like to see Mrs. Doubtfire as a samurai Shanghai warrior. Shanghai you said Mrs. Doubtfire as a samurai. <laughs> Victory comes with the sword and the scabbard. Um, so I found the DVD yeah. of Chasing the Lotus <laughs> uh-huh. from our good friend Frank Pulaski. Mm-hmm. And it is a cool doc about these two guys that were the sort of pioneers of surf photography and surf um, shooting surf films back in the late, late 60s, early 70s. Right. And uh, so it's really cool. And they kind of go through the history of surf movies. And, and Jeff Bridges narrates it, Jeff right? Bridges narrates it. And he's got such a great voice. He's, he's the perfect voice for this. And he agreed to do the narration only after having seen the old footage. Mm-hmm. So then there's cool old footage, old guys surfing, and there's footage of like Endless Summer and stuff like that. You know, the budget was 300 grand. Which that's sort of like, oh, okay, for the doc. So when you compare that back to Slight, it's like... Yeah, for a full feature film. Scripted Narrative. feature. Yeah. Yeah, is, that's, is that's an accomplishment. Very much so. Um, yeah, it's a cool doc. And it, it kind of goes into the history of stuff. And, and um, I think you need to be a surfer for this doc, personally. Right. I'll mm-hmm. be real honest with you. Kind of like a fan film for surfers. Yeah. yeah. I, if you're interested in... Surf documentaries and the people who shot them in the early days of that, it's interesting. But it's not like necessarily like Riding Giants is Brings a do- non surfers into the yeah. Yeah. world. That's just a right. great documentary, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be a surfer. This one, I think. Now, that's interesting because the budget is so low. It doesn't matter. It's one of those movies where you could just preach to the choir on this. Sure. There's enough people to support a movie like that because the budget's low. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if this was a $4 million documentary, then no, it wouldn't make as much sense. But this is where the economics comes in of filmmaking where, yeah, it's it, perfectly it, fine. It also, there's some cool history about the island of Maui um, where, so Oahu in the late, you know, in the 60s, it, it kind of blew up as the North Shore and the surfing mecca and... It became a big, you know, Waikiki, a big tourist destination, all this stuff. So then a lot of these, like George Lopez and some of these sort of soul surfers came over to Maui and you hear George Lopez talking. He was just like, yeah, and there's guys doing acid and riding waves. And so Maui kind of became, and it still has, these sort of hippie communities. But definitely in the 60s and 70s, it became sort of the hippie counter surf culture. Huh. And they were like, one time Hendrix was just out there, and he just did an impromptu show. I didn't know that show. was a thing. Yeah, it was. Wow. So there was the, and they were also sort of talking about, you know, the '70s in a lot of ways. Not we've talked about this on this show, but it it how, you know, the film industry was was sort of more artistic, and then how the corporation sort of took over in the '80s. The same thing happened in the surf video industry, and. It was about the, the the style of the surfer. And then the shortboards came in in the 80s and all guys are wearing neon. And then it was like, you know, the surf companies were paying for these videos that mm. were just basically promotional. Yeah. They're just commercials. Mm-hmm. And so it was basically kind of going into the era right before that. I talked about that a little bit. It was, it was it's, it's an interesting little film. Money ruins everything. Yes, it does. <laughs> a, is the lotus, is that a surfing, like, term? I mean, is that something that... It's a photographer term. Ah. Um... 
and yeah, that's revealed at the very end. It's a photographer term. So okay. they talk about these photographers were more about the spirituality. Like, like there was, it was, and the connection with the earth, what you were saying with red turtle, the connection with mm-hmm. the earth. And, uh, it was, it was really, it was a unique time in, uh, the world obviously, but in definitely in surf culture. And mm-hmm. these are the, the, these two guys that captured it. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've got a, a new segment Ooh, now. New we segment. have our first uh, Patreon ad backer. Yeah. So this is the $50 level, guys. We'll mm-hmm. read uh, your name or business name. And uh, we're doing Mike Valdez. Yes. And, and he has whoismikevaldez.com. Yes. And his, uh, his comedy is there. His album is there. You can listen to the album. I listened to it. Oh, I liked a, it. He's a comic? Yeah. And he's a, uh, he's a musician, too. So you listen oh, to his cool. music album? I listened to his music album. It was yeah. cool. Yeah, it was good. I was, I was listening to it while I was working on my uh, uh, graphic novel. So it was great for the background. It was really good. You can hear the whole thing on the uh, website. Awesome. Who is MikeValdez.com? His Twitter is I am Mike Valdez. So that's what you guys get at the $50 level. We'll read your business and we'll read it every episode. Every episode, you're going to get an, uh, yeah, an ad mention. So you're getting, you know, whatever, three or four or five ad reads a month, however many episodes we do a month. Yep. And uh, so right on. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that. Then uh, go to the Patreon page. Yes. <laughs> do that too. <laughs> So, all right, let's talk about trailers. This is the final trailer of War for the Planet of the Apes. Now, I got to say, I love this trailer. And one of the reasons I loved it so much is because from movie to movie with these Planet of the Apes um, movies, the technology of the apes has gotten better in every single one. And it was great to begin with. But the motion capture and the way even just the facial expressions and the mouth movements, everything is improved to the point where... You're like, well, this looks real. I really yeah, think seamless. that there's a uh, there's a bunch of soldiers um, being led by Woody. Woody Harrelson. Woody, Woody Harrelson. Uh, and they're going to fight a bunch of apes on horseback. Like, yeah, I've completely suspended disbelief. Yeah, I am yeah. in and I am on board. The only thing that I have a hard time with, because it's, I mean, it's a futuristic type of thing, right? Or at least it's in this time period. It's, I mean, how hard would it be for us to fight off some apes that don't have modern weapons. <laughs> That's the only thing I get a little like, can't we just bomb? I mean, they're just in the forest. We can't just bomb. I mean, we have planes and helicopters. and. You know what? What I love, too? I think they're on go- horseback. I think that's all going to be. It's like- <laughs> I think that's going to be addressed in the movie because we saw the, uh, the helicopters, you know, the attack helicopters in the trailers. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I'll bet you there's going to be a reason. Well, yeah, because the the difference from from the first one to the second one I've talked about. I love these movies. So yeah, I'm I like the first one a lot. Yeah. First, yeah. I think they've sort of a, they addressed that a little bit going into the second one of how this virus killed just wiped out a lot of humans. So that's oh, what happened. Oh, that's right. So it's not that's like right. the there's apes, a lot less humans. So they wipe. Okay. So there's very few of them. So oh, it doesn't okay. matter how many aircraft carriers yeah. you got, uh, Steve. Yeah. Okay. If everybody's yeah. dead, <laughs> who's driving the boat? Yeah, you got to even it out. You got to even it yeah. out. Although every, uh, and every one of these movies, it seems like there's a lot more apes, too. Well, yeah, because they're yeah. growing. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, you had something to say. Oh, I'm just, I'm... I, this is the movie I'm the most looking forward to this summer. Really? Like anything that's been out, because the last one was so good. Yeah. I love Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I watched it twice. And the, the, and the thing about them that's also awesome is, like the original Planet of the Apes, maybe the second one, but the original Charlton Heston one that was like Rod Serling was one of the writers, it's, cri- it's really deep social commentary about 
the human race and how it's our fault and how we treat animals and how we right. treat the planet. And mm -hmm. this is our own creation and, and we're to blame. And, and these themes are so strong and so heavy. They're in the trailers. Yeah. And, and then the battle, like in, in the last one, Dawn, of the, the, within the apes, the battle of, you know, do we just go, we've been pushed around enough, let's just go on the offensive versus... Caesar's always trying to be like, no, 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 let's... We're only fighting to survive. We're only fighting to survive, and that's said again in this trailer. So mm -hmm. that's the thing I love about these movies. I'm, I'm, yep. the, the effects are great, so you're never taken out of the movie right. by shoddy effects. Yeah, by Roddy McDowell and an ape mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like I said, I hope these movies keep going. Like, we actually, How? they get to the timeline of Planet of the Apes, oh. and then we go past them. Like they do pull a Star Wars. These are the pre So then where they where they do you know, they wipe out all the humans and then they're they're, they're a civilization and what happens to them. That right. kind of idea. Exactly. Yeah, like what cool. we see like what happens after all these other Planet of the Apes movies that were made in the Well they, 70s. It, the, 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 And then the, they evolve into humans again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, this is only maybe 10, 15 years in the future versus the original Planet of the Apes was like a thousand years in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and a time-traveling spaceman. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is the, I guess, like, these apes look cooler than the ones yeah. from the 70s that, like yeah. you said, had Roddy McDowell right. in, a, in a mask, <laughs> always twitching his nose because the right. makeup itched. Right. That's why they were always doing that. So the, I don't know how you would do that from a technology standpoint, but it'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, the say, I mean, of course, the Tim Burton one was horrible. Yes. But that Rick Baker makeup was amazing. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I mean, if they could have done that with these. I when mean, did Tim Burton? Tim Burton did one of these? Tim Burton did a remake, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's best that. we don't mention it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's the same guy who did the first Batman movie mm -hmm. and everything else. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> now the next trailer we watched was down on him. The room got real quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of superheroes, the Wonder Woman trailer. This is the I, I like how now they're they're numbering trailers now, and it's like trailer two, trailer three. Now they're just calling them final trailer. This is it. This is the last one that's coming out before the movie. And uh, I gotta say, it's I'm still on the fence about Wonder Woman. I really I want it to be good. I want it to be good. Uh, the trailer's got some really interesting, fun things in it. It's set in World War One, and then they yeah, they have horrible lines like they call her Doctor Poison. And, <laughs> and I'm, really, really, that's the best we could do. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm really um, uh, uh, I'm on the fence. I'm hoping it's good, but I'm not sure. I actually saw a different trailer when I was in the theater to see King Arthur for mm -hmm. Wonder Woman, and I was I like that trailer. More than I like the one that we just watched. That was probably trailer number two. Yeah, because mm -hmm. they showed a lot more of her, like, kind of coming up on whatever. And I guess it's a different planet that she's on, where it's all uh, women. An island. It's like, or island, yeah. Yeah, Themyscira. Where it's all women that are, you know, just yes. like these Amazons. Yeah, Amazon, mm -hmm. just like warrior women. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's cool. I want to see that. I want to see more of that. I would like to see a whole movie on just an island of warrior women that are like just fighting off whatever they're fighting off. And then it kind of got. Then the trailer moved into her, you know, going into the. Into World, World War One, yeah. and like they're trying <laughs> and to make dress. her and apparently put her in a dress it, uh, yeah, and have her ride, and that uh, just didn't care anymore. This is mm -hmm. the this is the the thing, like the Wonder Woman story of the Island of Warrior Women is an awesome story. Yeah, and the thing 
my biggest fear with this, well, one is uh, the obvious one of DC can't seem to make a good superhero movie, and the casting of Gail Godot. I like her as an actress. I think she's interesting and stuff, but I think, we talked about this with Jackie, I think Wonder Woman needs to, like, have the physique of Ronda Rousey, like a tall version, or, yeah. or like, she needs to look, Gail Godot looks like a model. She is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she... Or like Lucy Lawless as Xena. Like right, Lucy exactly. Fucking guns. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy Lawless. Like find find a twenty eight year old Lucy Lawless, and that would be amazing. And so, and then you find out. Like I read today, there you, one of the Wonder Woman promos is like think thin bars. Those are like think thin bars. What does that mean? That's like oh, it's the product tie. It's like a it's like a weight loss for like women or something. For, <laughs> I saw one for Orville Redenbacher popcorn something and just all right, you know what what. Whatever deal you're getting, you're going to say yes to, apparently, because you uh, you want to make up this money as any way you can. And I think it's like if, if they if they had a Lucy Lawless character and they focused more on like the, it was an origin story. Yeah. Versus that's all a, that's this, what I would be interested That's in. what I'd be so into. And, yeah. my, and, then, and there's an animated version of that, too. The DC animated right. movies, there's a, there's a Wonder Woman origin story, and it's fantastic. Of course. It's the really DC really makes good. great animation. But so my, yeah. my, what, what I'm afraid is going to happen, this movie's not going to do well. And then DC's going to go, oh, see, we can't have a female superhero. They don't, they don't do well. Mm-hmm. They'll make that dumb analogy. And it's like, no, there's so many great female superhero stories out there. Yeah, it's about the story. It's, That's the, yeah, it's always about the story. Yep. It's never really about the character. I mean, if you could have cool characters, but you got to have a good story. Yep, and then, or nobody cares. Yeah. Like King Arthur. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, if you only know. that had a good story to pull from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this is what drives me nuts, and I just, I'm, I'm like, they, there's, it should be done. A, a, an amazing female superhero movie should be done, and it should be done correctly. I don't think it's in the. I don't think DC is going to do it. I think Marvel's going to have to do it, and continue to do it, and continue to do it. Yeah. So, have they so. done a Cat Catwoman? Oh, yes, Halle, Halle Berry. Berry. Halle Berry. One that's of the right. worst movies ever made. It was. Mm-hmm. It was good or not? It was horrible. No, really no, bad. It was huh? Very, very mm. unwatchable. Again. The character Catwoman is so interesting. Yeah. The one that came out of uh, the the Batman Year One storyline, the the where they created her as she was a prostitute. She grew up on the streets. It was like really tough and gritty. Tough mm-hmm. and gritty. And yeah. and the dynamic between her and Batman of he always has this, I think there's good in her thing. Mm. There's a romantic thing. There's so many cool things they could have done. Yeah. Yeah, I like the closest that. they've come is Anne Hathaway in The Dark Knight Rises, but and the, that's still pretty far. That's still pretty far. <laughs> that's still yeah. pretty far. So, all right. So let's talk about DVDs and Blu-rays that are coming out. Triple uh, X: The Return of Xander Cage. Uh, that should have been Triple X: Colon. Uh, we just can't call it Fast and Furious, you know, <laughs> uh, because if you look at the trailer, it looks like it's just the exact same movie, except there's well, some yeah, was, especially since Fast and Furious mm-hmm. has gone from street racing to like covert op missions and spy. Right. Has it really? Oh yeah, oh, for sure. I yeah. haven't paid any attention to it. But, uh, <laughs> they got chased by an, yes. uh, a submarine in the Arctic on the last one. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's great stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, and the next movie is Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. Uh, like I remember watching this movie thinking, uh, well, this is, you know, um, I'm hoping this isn't a documentary is where we're headed as a species. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, the final chapter, it's always a dubious term. You want, well, if it made enough money, there might be another one. You know, the, um, 
this is the kind of movie where I don't even remember how many movies there have been. There are guilty pleasures with me. I like going to see them. Neil and I go with like four other people in the theater. But these always make their money back overseas, especially in Japan where they make the games. And uh, I just started playing the uh, most recent Resident Evil game right now, and it's absolutely terrifying. And it's way better than the movie, <laughs> this movie. So uh, if you want to get a Resident Evil fix, just get the game right now, and you could skip this movie. But if it's a guilty pleasure, let me put it this way. This movie doesn't do anything different than any of the other movies did. <laughs> it's pretty much <laughs> just what you would expect if you've seen the other films. There's, so it's almost like they're just like making the game. It's just for the game. It's, it's pretty it's, much it's for yeah, the game. It's just to drive the game. Every once in a while, one breaks out a little bit. There was one, I can't remember if it was like the third one or something, where it was really stylized and kind of cool and like really like uh, it was all, and like in 3D, it was like almost something to prove. Like, yeah, we're going to make this kind of a really cool movie. And then. The one after that, I think it was four. The entire thing happened in like a holodeck. Like the whole movie was like, what? Did the director even show up for this movie? <laughs> like, uh, there, there's, they've been really uh, varying levels of quality, although you can't really necessarily use the word good for any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are guilty pleasures. They are fun um, if you can suspend <laughs> uh, any type of criticism for them. So uh, if you're a fan, check it out. But like I said, if you're a fan, play the game first before you see this movie. All right. Uh, and the next one is The Space Between Us. This one we almost saw with a fan. The, uh, the, one of the On the graphic right. novel, uh, um, one of the rewards was see a movie with us. And this was one of the choices, but we went. I think it ended up being Passengers instead. Right. So uh, You guys went to a movie just with a random fan? So who gave it a Kickstarter? Yeah, $1,000 on the Kickstarter. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. Was it awkward? I mean, so, I suppose you don't want to say it. I don't, no. Oh, yeah, it's great. All. They're yeah. film nerds. Because they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, super yeah, yeah. fans, so it's like we feel like we already know them because we're already they into just all the sit, things. You guys do three seats, and they sat right in between you. And that's you, it. Oh, yeah. sit on my lap. Yeah. Put on your lap. They're very crowded movies that we go to. Yep. Then we then we have dinner and record a podcast with them. Yeah. I actually went to a movie with Grandma. Once and he went to go to the bathroom or get some food or something, and he came back. I think we were the only ones in the movie theater. I don't remember where we were or what we were watching, but you mm-hmm. came back and he had a shirt. He just took a shirt off, and then when he sat next to me, I looked over and his shirt was just off. <laughs> I, I can see that happening. Oh, going on the road. Time's on the road. You got to kill time. Like, Graham, are you okay? Yeah, it was like right, it was I like a, do this in the movie. It was probably thing. like a. Thursday afternoon yeah, or it something. Yeah, was a matinee for sure. Matinee. Yeah. We're just comics bored out of our skulls. <laughs> Nothing to do. Go to a mall. We watch some movie like, I don't know. I don't even know. What was the movie? I don't remember at all. It doesn't know. matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just came back with no shirt on. <laughs> and I think I didn't even, like, I, I tried to do the thing where I didn't even, like, I'd look at him and didn't even act like it was a big deal. Like, why? <laughs> just to see how long you'd have to sit there before. Or did, <laughs> or did you maybe trade your shirt on. for a thing of popcorn when you left, or is it? Or was it just? Yeah, I might have fought a guy for some yeah, Twizzlers yeah. or something. I don't know. Things got weird in the lobby. Yeah. We were in, where, where were we? You like offered to Bloomington, fight a guy Bloomington, for Bloomington Indiana. Yeah, I think so. Oh, shout out to the comedy attic. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Offered to fight a guy for a role in a King Arthur movie. <laughs> yeah. That's actually how I got on Conan. Yeah. <laughs> They were like considering other comics, and I'm like, just bring those. Bring them, line them up, line them up, line them up. I'll take care of them. See what happens. Bring one of these snarky assholes. I'll fucking drop them. God, that'd be awesome if I could get on Conan that way. Line them up. Who do you got? (laughs) Actually, it's about being funny, Steve. It's not about fighting. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Bring them in here. (laughs) See, wait wait till you see how I fight. Yeah, it's hilarious. So the space between us. Uh, Take no, your no. shirts off. Yeah, in the take theaters, your shirts guys. off and go see it. Takeaway on a plane. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, so another site spotlight. Uh, the weekly, like I said, the weekly film news is back, and we'll be doing a new um, podcast of the monthly weekly film news live next week for the Patreon. Backers. Next week, Patreon backers, you Ooh, get that extra content, a little extra, extra content. content. That's what you bonus. get the bonus. Um, and uh, we, I'll read a couple of the um, posts from the Patreon, the Patreon only posts. If you're two dollar and up, you get this. Uh, as opposed to put out uh, only Star Wars fans <laughs> see it. And um, Christy Davis, is it an X-Wing, right? Christy Davis, another Death Star? I roll. Mike Valdez, the Harry Potter stuff is getting annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And then I would put the favorite Guardians of the Galaxy two characters. And uh, Groot took the win. All right. Baby Groot. Baby Groot took Adorable. the win. Adorable. And, um, you know. So the other thing you can check out on the website is CJ's review of Alien Covenant. He's already seen it. Oh, so did he you can like check it? Out his review. Uh, I, I'm not going to say, so people can go to the site and actually see. But Aaron yeah, was he, yeah, okay, yeah, he did like it. All right. <laughs> Aaron, you had something to say. Oh, uh, he, yeah, he was pleasantly surprised by it. I'm yeah. concerned about that movie, but that gives me hope that CJ. Yeah, liked CJ it. is is critical. He's so very. If, if, he, he's if, not, he liked it, if he liked it, like uh, it makes me even more anxious to see this movie, or, or more excited to see this movie, I should say, because I I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I watched it. There was they played. It, it looks tra- like a return to form. Well, I I saw the trailer again uh, last night. I had a. The, the slight. And Which I was, trailer? There's like four of them now. <laughs> it's the it's the, I guess it's the I don't know which one. It's the longer one that's that all talks. It's really showing them on the planet. It's not that one where gotcha. they're all on the ship talking okay. about. They do that like briefly, like oh we're giving up mm-hmm. a lot, and then it's really kind of what's going on on this planet, and it. I, I worry if they gave away too much in the trailer for me. Like I already kind of have an idea what's going to happen, or mm-hmm. or not. But I, I don't know. Some people are asking, is, is is everybody burnt out on all these franchises and prequels and all this stuff? But well, the thing that gives me hope is I really think some lessons were learned from uh, Prometheus. And I think uh, really Scott, um, he's not a young man anymore, but this is for his franchise that he, he pretty much created. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I really want to see it. I think, it'll, right. I think it'll be good. It's coming out this weekend. Uh, yep. Diary. So read, read CJ's review. Yep, read CJ's review on the site. And then uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. These are also um, hugely popular kids' books. You can, uh, if you have a, a middle schooler or, um, you know, a tween, chances are you might be seeing this movie this Is this weekend. the second one? Uh, great question. I don't know how many movies there have been. <laughs> there's at least one other one. I know yeah, that. there's at least one other one. Might even be the third, third one. Yeah. This is the third one? It might. I don't know. It's second or third. So, Aaron, see if you can. How many movies? There's like a, a ton of books. Um, so while Aaron's checking our uh, database, <laughs> the next movie is uh, Everything, Everything. This is a movie that's actually been based on another very popular um, young adult novel mm-hmm. about basically, you know, like the boy in the bubble story. Right. It's a girl who's allergic to everything. Allergic, yeah, allergic to everything. And then uh, about the uh, romance or her first love that she has with this boy who takes a chance and, you know, they try to get together, but, you know, the mother's standing in the way. You're going to get sick. You're going to get sick. You can't do this. It so. looks interesting. I yeah. don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd love to, I haven't read the book, so anyone that's read the book, I'd love to hear what they have to say about it. My daughter it. loved it. Really? She, yeah, she thought the book was fantastic, and she's 12, so she's right in that mm-hmm. range. So I have a feeling I'll be going to see the movie this weekend. Date uh, somebody that's allergic to everything. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, like a lot. It's the, the fourth 
Diary uh, of a Wimpy you? Kid. Wow. Fourth Diary of a Wimpy yeah. Kid movie. Wow. How about that? The long haul. That's what the parents will be doing. If, so uh, the next one's going to yeah. be the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the final <laughs> countdown. Yeah. <laughs> the final, final Wimpy something. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the next movie, Wakefield, is an independent movie um, that looks kind of interesting. It's got... Um, uh, Breaking Bad, the star Breaking Bad. Brian Cranston. Brian, Brian Cranston, Cranston in it, yeah. It's directed and written by uh, Robin Swikert. So Robin Swikert is um, a very uh, prolific um, writer, a screenplay mm-hmm. writer. She She's only directed a short, The Red Coat, and the Jane Austen Book Club was the only other feature that, that she's written. But as a writer... You know, she's done The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, uh, oh, wow. Memoirs of a Geisha, you know, like a lot of little women. She's written a lot of stuff. I actually met her briefly uh, 10 years ago during the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. I was walking uh, the picket line in solidarity. I'm not in the WGA, but I was walking. I thought you were going to say I was crossing the picket crossing line. Crossing the picket line. <laughs> ah, suck it. I'm taking your job, Robin. Yeah, scab labor. <laughs> um, so I met her and, and we talked briefly and um, – so she's a cool person. She's written a lot of stuff. So this, I think she's this is her second. This is her. I think her trying to really break out more as a director is my guess. Well, it really feels like it's a very kind of it's a small movie for sure. I mean, the the premise is that you know suburban life. The um, he he gets just tired of it, so he literally hides in the attic mm-hmm. and sees how life around him progresses in his absence. So that's that's the that's the the premise of the film. I'm I have mixed feelings from watching the trailer. Part of me was like, I love Brian Cranston. Um, it's really interesting to see him. It feels like it's a short film premise that gets stretched out for a feature. That's, that's what, what I really wonder. I'm, like. I'm my and I have this is this isn't a spoiler. This is just a guess. I have no idea. I've only seen the trailer like anyone else. My fear. Is that he watches all this stuff change, and in the trailer you see like yeah, it's she all moves in there. on. She starts to meet someone else. Like all this stuff, he's got a beard. You see, he just easily stayed, he the just, first he's hour. got a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he he just sits in the attic the whole time as these things go yeah. around. Yeah, uh-huh. he's got like binoculars. And she knows he's up there. No, no she, she has doesn't. No, he thinks uh... his family thinks he's gone missing. Okay. So they're freaking out. They don't know what to do. She's scared. The kids are, and he just sits there and watches this all happen. Ah, that is interesting. And then, so that could be interesting. But then my fear is like, it was, I, is it, it going to be ninety dream, minutes of this? Ninety minutes yeah. of this, and then, and then, I don't know. Like, it could be really interesting, but I'm also afraid. Is it just more like? Oh, boo-hoo, life's so hard in the nice suburbs. Oh, your life's so nice. You're the rich white people. It's the- also hard to see Brian Cranston and Jennifer Garner together as a couple. That seems a little miscast. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but she a bit young? She, I don't know who that is. Jennifer Garner. Yeah, you've seen her before. Yeah, yeah. She's really beautiful. Yeah. Brian Cranston is, is, a, Heisenberg. is, a, is a fine actor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, like, yeah, she was married to Ben Affleck. Okay. That's like what her husband looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Movie star. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I like, my worry is it's just like, if it's just, oh, upper middle class people have it so hard. I don't, I don't care. Hmm. I don't care what their struggle is. Even though it's true. Well, yeah, it's, it's so true. hard. <laughs> There's people out there. 50% yeah. of this country can't afford, they did this new study, Fifty yeah. over 50% of this country can't afford a $500 emergency. So I don't give a shit what your life wow. is like at the end of the cul-de-sac and the nice house and the <laughs> yeah, two cars. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. There's people out there doing health care and they're battling really tough diseases. So I don't give a shit. 
But looks good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does have a beard. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's good writing. Um, so, all right. Well, that is it. That's, That's it. All right. Steve Gillespie, nice work. Do I get to plug one thing? Fuck oh, no. Get your, pack your <laughs> shit and get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> you already this stole is, my bottle of water. This is, this is plug time. No, you this go, is plug time. Go for it. So where can people find you online? Uh, don't touch the wall. Yeah, don't touch the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rules all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden, it just got weird. Oh, no hats. Did yeah. I say that? No hats. <laughs> um, GillespieComedy.com is the website. Uh, I'm going to be. Could in you Chicago. spell that, please? G I L L E S P I E. Gillespie Comedy, like Dizzy Gillespie. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be in Chicago this weekend at the Comedy Bar, Friday and Saturday. Uh, I'm going to be in Michigan area doing a bunch of breweries and stuff um, throughout June, and Wisconsin and Minnesota doing like a bunch of brewery tours. So check that out on the website. I also have my own podcast that just came out. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were talking about this. I talked to Graham a lot about it. It's with my girlfriend. It's a uh, kinky psychedelic relationship podcast. Another one? It's a real- There's so many. (laughs) So many. What's the name of it? It's called Under Our Covers. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a very authentic, we're trying to be very authentic and open about kind of our fringe relationship and lifestyle, so- it's an interesting uh, podcast. We've been it's been going pretty well. So, check so it out. how many have you recorded? We one? have like twelve episodes recorded. We have the fourth one came out today. Oh, awesome! So yeah, there's four that you can binge. Uh, just go to uh, under at under our covers podcast and, on Facebook. That's where our main page is right now. We're building a website and all that at the moment. So. And so you guys basically, I mean, explain. I mean, I I know because we talked about it. Yeah, but yeah. Like, going a little more detail, like if someone's listening to the first time, what what are they going to expect? Um, it, it's the the whole umbrella of like like what it kind of is like a relationship podcast is kind of what the umbrella of the show is. You know, the kind of all the things that. Um, go into that. So we have some episodes where we have some fights on the podcast and like how we're dealing with it because we've moved really fast in our relationship. Um, we both are active in the kink community and BDSM, so we talk a lot about that. What does BDSM stand for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what bondage, I don't know what the D stands for. It's B is bondage, SMM is... Uh, Deutschland? <laughs> <laughs> Sadomasochism. Sadomasochism. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know the, what the D. I should know that since I am practicing in it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah whatever. <laughs> you just wing it. Uh, so we get into a lot of that stuff. Um, we also talk. We we are both very into psychedelics and the psychedelic community, and we talk a lot about that. And uh, yeah, so we're just trying to be open about the challenges in our life of trying to make this love work with these kind of crazy lifestyle choices that we've <laughs> made and um we have some guests we've been doing uh some comics but we also have a relationship counselor a life coach oh um, wow yeah yeah so we're going into we're going deep into it to try to mm-hmm. not that we we don't think that we know what we're doing as far as the relationship goes it's not like hey look at us our relationship's so great let's tell you about it it's more like hey these are the problems that we're having these are the things that we are into Maybe you, some other people are into these things. They're going through the same thing, and and we're trying to make it kind of an interactive thing. So, so if anyone out there is in a hippie sex cult, yeah, they would, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, this yeah. is a hippie sex cult the, podcast. There's a <laughs> there's a podcast for everyone. There is He's a always podcast said it. Yeah. for everyone. Yeah, That's yeah, the thing yeah. I told Steve when he first came here. I go, you should absolutely do this. Yeah, I go, this isn't for me, but so what? The thing yeah, about yeah. the internet, there's people it is for. Oh, there's people it's yeah. for. Yeah. And 100%. are you starting to get like response? Yeah, and, and it's interesting and is we the the majority of our listeners are women that we're finding. Well, ask one of them what yeah. the D stands for. I will. Yeah. I think we could probably look it up, right? Yeah. We have computers. Or are you guys just scared to search I'm not that under computer? <laughs> I don't need that. I, I have a Snowden. It's domination. 
Nomination. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm on the internet. <laughs> That's the only reason I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, whatever. I like how everybody claims they're not into it, but yeah, there's like two billion people. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like pornography. I'm not into Nobody's it. Nobody's buying this. I just buy some of their products just to see <laughs> like how they're shipped in the checkout process. Yes. <laughs> I want to see how their online store. I like their cart. <laughs> I like the cart. It's very easy. You yes. just type in your info. They ship very quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, awesome. Yeah, Under Our Covers is called, so check it out. Okay. And name your website one more time. GillespieComedy.com. And your album? Alive on State. Awesome. It was number one on iTunes. It's like 30 right now. But. Uh, you know, I've been, Steve and I, like I said, I've known his brothers. I started doing stand with his brother, Bob. I've known from for a long time, and we've done the road a bunch together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's cool to, like, uh, we performed together maybe a year ago, for, and I hadn't seen you in a while. Yeah, yeah. And your act has gotten really solid. Not that you were very funny before, but you're really, you're really progressing. So I would recommend everybody. Uh, um, most of you, I'm assuming, are fans of stand-up comedy. I would yeah, get yeah. Steve's album. It's really, it's cool. really funny. Thanks, guy. It's a guy I should follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great. That's our All show. Right. I'll be at the Comedy Store on uh, May uh, 24th doing Nick Youssef. So um, forget what it's called, but it's it's the show he talked about when Nick was on the show, where when he was on this podcast, every comic has to do all new material. Right. And the audience knows this, so it's kind of cool. The audience is sort of mm-hmm. down with what you're trying and is okay if you swing and miss. And so I'm mm-hmm. doing that uh, Wednesday, May 24th oh, that'll be at fine. the Comedy Store in the Belly mm-hmm. Room, I believe. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and go to our Patreon page. Yep, check out the Patreon. There's uh, there's going to be – I mean, there's, there's pretty much – content on there almost all the time. I mean, there's either going to be a post from Daniel, there's going to be a movie recommendation today from um, Steve. He doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be giving a movie recommendation. Yeah, there's polls. Yeah, there's polls. Um, and then uh, everything. Uh, and then also you get, like I said, the bonus episode. So, and, and even like you say, well, you know, I only can give like one or two dollars. That's not going to help much. It does. It does. It all helps. It everything absolutely helps. helps. It's like I said, we're in a giant earbuds hole still. Mm-hmm. So anything you can do to help us out. Uh, and the would bonus be great. audio recommendations. So Steve was going to record a little something after this that'll only be available on the Patreon level. Right. Jackie did something last week. So mm-hmm. it's it's really cool stuff. So check it out. Thank you guys. And we're so close to getting to the $1,000 level. We yeah. can do two spoiler reps a month. Yep. Cool. That means you'll. We... That means we'll be doing, with Neil's episode, we'll be doing uh, seven episodes a month. That's our goal. Yep. Give you guys more stuff. Mm-hmm. And we got this awesome studio here at ATC. So we want to use we're it as use much it. as we can. Uh, thank you, Steve Gillespie, for being on today's program. Thank you, guys. It was really fun. Good. I enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for all of your fine work. Yes. And everyone here at ATC for helping us out and supporting the show and all you guys listening. Uh, you're Couldn't awesome. do it without you. Could not do it without you. Literally could not do it without you. And uh, shout out to everybody at Comedy Dynamics for doing the press release on earbuds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have more info on that. As, yep. as it Looks we, like release is going to be wide in September-ish yeah. we're looking at. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. August, September will be wide everywhere. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, as we get more dates, we'll, we'll let you know. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. first.